At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. My name is Richard Nelson, your host, and uh, with me on the program is uh, Ron Hicks. Welcome, Ron. Thank you, Richard. I'm the pastor of Henderson Memorial Baptist Church in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and it's a pleasure to be with you today. Hey, it's uh, great to have you. We're going to talk about a, a difficult topic, Ron, and I really appreciate your perspective as a pastor as we talk about, I think, one of the most challenging issues of our day, and it's it's the topic of transgender, which really is a, a movement that's yeah. sweeping the nation. Mm-hmm. And this is for those listeners who aren't familiar with it. It's the idea that men who identify as women and women who identify as men uh, and can live that way is becoming more acceptable. And not just that, but the rest of society is supposed to agree with it, to accommodate those, to affirm that idea. And on this program, we're going to unpack how to address it, how to think, especially biblically, about this issue. Uh, today in this country, only 0.03% of the population identifies as transgender. Mm-hmm. Yet we're seeing laws uh, at the state level and the local level that affirm gender identity rights. And again, not only, yeah, not, excuse me for interrupting, not only laws, but there are, there are popular television programs. There are, I mean, every time you turn on the TV, you know, when I was growing up, there was a, a man by the name of Bruce Jenner that won the decathlon, yeah. the gold medal, set world records and all the rest of that. And he's no longer considered by society, by the media as a man. And he, he also received an award for woman of the year. Yeah. And not only are we supposed to embrace that, but we're, everybody's just kind of supposed to celebrate that whole thing too. And, and uh, for that, that, that's a tough place to be. How, what does the Bible have to say about that? Yeah, I think that... Uh, Bruce Jenner was a turning point. Bruce Jenner was oh, the guy in the yeah. Wheaties box. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was six, seven years sure. old when he won the decathlon in the, I think it was the 1976 uh-huh. Olympics. Mm-hmm. And he was a man's man. I yeah. mean, he went out and rocked it when it came mm-hmm. to all these different events, uh, running and swimming and the javelin. and and uh, Handsome man, too. You yeah. always saw him with movie stars right. and models and all the rest of that. So you're right. Absolutely. The quintessential kind of male figure. Uh-huh. So when he came out on the front uh, of Vogue magazine, transitioning into a woman, now he identifies as Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he um, uh, really, that, that was a turning point, I think, in this, in this whole movement. And we're going to talk about uh, what that means, uh, not just at the individual level, but for all of us as we to navigate the laws uh, that are that have been enacted. So in California, a law was enacted earlier this year that imposes fines and possible jail time for workers in residential care facilities who misuse a person's preferred gender pronoun. So if there's somebody who looks like a man and acts like a man, but if you call him he instead of she, as that person mm-hmm, might prefer, mm-hmm. or there's other pronouns too, uh, Z or higher, H-I-R, I think that's a higher or here. Uh, if you don't use a preferred gender pronoun, then you could be fined or face jail So time. if I wanted you to call me Mrs. Hicks instead of Mr. Hicks or, or her, or I, if I just made up some sort of pronoun, and if you didn't just instantly adapt to that and add that to your, to your vocabulary, I, I would then have the power to be able to report you and say somehow you were intolerant and, and all the rest of that stuff. And so 
But now exactly aren't you? Right. Oh. That's exactly right. Let me add to this. Yeah. Now, if you're in New York City, here's uh-huh. another place All where right. if you're an employer and if you misuse somebody's preferred gender pronoun, you could face huge fines for that. Now, it's in the New York law, it's repeated use of the wrong gender pronoun. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think you're bordering on the idea of harassment. Right, if right. You're purposely uh-huh. trying right, to do right. something to harm somebody. Right. So I'm, I'm wondering if we can distinguish between the two, between purposely trying to harm and then just maybe somebody's convictions that, hey, that guy's a dude. <laughs> I'm not going to be calling him right, she right. or Mrs. Like well, you said. Uh, you know, Richard, I, I've got uh, I've got a friend, a family friend. I, I won't mention his name. I don't have permission to, to to tell his name, but he he grew up with my oldest son. Um, he he went to work with a friend. All all of us knew this guy that he worked with as a as a man. Uh, this guy was married, um, had, had a children, uh, had a child. Went to a tragic loss of that child. Uh, so we all knew this guy as a guy. Uh, after this friend of my son's went to work at a different company with him, he decided that he was actually a female Mm -hmm. transitioned. Um, this young man nearly lost his job because for years he had known this guy as a guy had known him by his male name. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden now he takes vacation, comes back. He has Mm -hmm. had sexual uh, reassignment surgery and this guy just force of habit continued to call him by that male Mm -hmm. name. He was brought into the office, threatened to be fired, and he said, look, I don't mean anything bad about this. I've just known him for years as this guy name. Yeah. And they said, listen, you, you know, you're, not, you're not being sensitive. You're not being respectful. Uh-huh. You're not being this. It's like, look, I didn't change anything. Yeah. This guy did. Yeah. But, but he was called on the carpet so, for that. So it's, uh, it's tough uh, social waters that we're walking oh, yeah. through or wading through, if you will, where sure. we've, we may have known somebody in one case and called them a certain pronoun for years or by a certain name for years, and when it changes that quickly, uh, it's kind of pulling the rug out from all of us, yeah. especially as we get older. We're, yeah. We have these things ingrained in sure. us, and we just respond uh, automatically. So this this issue of gender transition mm-hmm. and transgenderism becoming mainstream also poses a threat to those, uh, or a challenge, to those who want to work according to their religious convictions and okay. according to their conscience. Right. So okay. just the other week in Arizona, a pharmacist was fired for not filling a prescription uh, for hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, This pharmacist thought, boy, this is not healthy for the individual. It's not going to move him in the right direction. I cannot, according to my conscience, fill this prescription. Uh, It was CVS Pharmacy that Mm -hmm. came out. As Mm -hmm. soon as this became public, they said, you're no longer working here. Find another job. Goodness. So it wasn't like that they were they were withholding life saving medication for this person. It no. wasn't like it wasn't like they couldn't have gone to any other pharmacy. And, and you know what the thing that really kind of gets my goat about this whole thing, uh, Richard, is the idea that um, I've had conversations with people about this who are uh, very liberal in their thinking. I, I would consider myself very conservative in my thinking. And they uh, just the other day I was talking to a young man, and he said he said uh, it, j- not minute, not taking care of somebody because of their sexual orientation. How is that any different than than back in the in the fifties and the sixties and and in some places the seventies where it says white only water fountains? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. to to equate equate somebody's psychological, not mm-hmm. not physical, not not genetic, but a psychological condition that they self-identify as the sex opposite of what they were born with. To be able to say that that is somehow the same as the biological condition of their skin color. Yeah. I mean, how you can, can it, equate those two in the same conversation is, is, is 
I don't think you can. No, it's apples no. and oranges. In Absolutely. one case, you have a benign, inborn, non-behavioral characteristic, right. which is skin color. Right. On the other, you have a profound behavioral right. and psychological characteristic. Right. Right. And Ron, you know as well as I that just a few years ago, the American Psychiatric Association had uh, listed uh, transgenderism as a dysphoria. Right. It was something to be treated mm-hmm. and a, a medical condition, but now that's not the case. Well, not only that, but... but um, I reminded this person that that uh, if it hadn't been for the the conservative uh, Christians um, standing up and saying that take, taking advantage of somebody or mistreating somebody for the because of the color of their skin, it was absolutely wrong. Yeah. And so yeah. to suggest that somehow people who are right leaning and believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made somehow are attacking people and equating that to the idea of discrimination because of skin color, please don't lump us all in that category because yeah. it's just absolutely not the same. That's a good point. Hey. You are listening to the Commonwealth Matters. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute. At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and we are talking about a challenging topic of transgenderism and how to navigate in a culture that is increasingly embracing this as a legitimate uh, choice in society. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about some of the laws that have gone into effect that, uh, that threaten fines or jail time for those who misuse gender pronouns. Uh, there's a new term, Ron, that I just learned of recently called thabies. They, so, thabies? They, thabies okay, or thabies. They, uh-huh. Uh, this is where parents are uh, trying to raise genderless children. So instead of saying a boy or a girl baby, you say baby. Uh, genderless children. Genderless. They don't want to influence the, and of course we know that every child is born with a gender. Right. You're either a boy or you're a girl. Uh, but in this case, you have parents that don't want to influence the child's choice of what gender to pursue. So okay. they are withholding certain colors, certain toys. Uh, they're trying to make it neutral for the child. And then at age four, they're allowing the child to choose what gender they want to pursue. Oh, because we realize that a four-year-old child is mature enough to decide anything for themselves. Yeah. So oh, that, that, I think that's, that's responsible parenting yeah. or but craziness. You know, you, you'd two. think <laughs> that the interviewers in this, uh, this article that was uh, written it's at NBC.com would have challenged that thinking and asked tough questions like that. But no, the parents were considered tolerant and open-minded. Oh, and they were probably cutting edge. Kind of. Well, in, so, so if you have a parent that withholds blue and withholds a GI Joe mm-hmm. from a little boy because mm-hmm. they don't want to influence them to be a little boy. And they say to this child repeatedly, mm-hmm. Hey, we want you to decide what it is that you want to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. not that very thing going to influence yeah. them just yeah. like giving them the blue and the GI Joe would influence them to have male characteristics wouldn't making them genderless. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, there's another irony here, too, is that 
these same parents are already making daily decisions for their kids, uh, for their well-being. They're, they're regarding their diet, their hygiene, and other factors that contribute to a good life for them. But when it comes to gender, which is important, right. this is something that we're hardwired with, Absolutely. either male or female, and to deny those hardwired characteristics of their child is to really, uh, it's to put a strike against them, if I could put it in those terms. It is not healthy psychological development or social development to treat a newborn or a two-year-old or a four-year-old like it's up to them to choose what gender they are. You know, as you're talking, Richard, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it, it would almost be shaming a little boy for being a little boy. Shaming a little girl yeah. to be a little girl. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're not a little boy. No, 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 no. You can't identify as that. No, we, we, we want you to. So, so, and that's not going to have some sort of a psychological effect. Praise God that boys and girls are different. Praise God my wife isn't like me. Thank, thank goodness, because God has formed us to complement each other. Not, you know, and so thank, thank goodness we're fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image, but we're, we're equal yet separate. And this idea of gender, Ron, it's not your idea. No. It's not uh, some governmental body's idea, but it's our creator's idea. He yes. made the male and female, and we read this uh, going back into the book of Genesis, where male and female are good things. Both are made in the image of God, and both come together to complement one another in marriage. Absolutely. And even in society, men and women complement one another. Look, it, you're married, you've been married for a long time. I have too. Mm -hmm. There are so many cases where my wife can point out things that I'm not seeing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and the perspective that she has that I totally miss. Right. And that's good. Absolutely. That makes me a more balanced person, maybe in some cases more considerate. Absolutely. Do you, do you know that the Bible uses the word helpmate when it refers to Eve being Adam's helpmate? But but mm -hmm. sometimes people will take that and say, well, now, wait, wait a minute. It, it, it God uses that same phrase of himself when he says that he is a helpmate to the nation of Israel. We understand that God is the supreme ruler. He's majestic, and, and, and you know, his, his will is going to be done. And so he uses the term helpmate of himself. And so if he uses that term to describe to humanity what a spouse is, a helpmate, it, it's certainly equal footing. Um, and so there, there is no one person under each other's thumb. And, 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 and the idea of t subtracting that from yeah. a child yeah. I mean, we all know of parents who allow children to run the household. Yeah. We, we've seen them in stores. We, we've been out to restaurants <laughs> with them and all the rest of that. Nobody wants to be around those families yeah. Yeah. because the children call the shots, and, and, and it's disruptive to, yeah. to society around to suggest that we're now going to allow them to determine. Could you imagine in a classroom, a group of preschoolers, the teachers saying, okay, kids, what do you want to learn today? Oh, boy. What, be, what would you it, like to that's eat a today? Frightening, that's a frightening thought. You know, there's a real danger to the child's development when they're not nurtured into the gender that they're born in. Uh, listen to what the, the Christian Medical and Dental Association says about uh, children and gender identity. And this is along the points mm -hmm. of what you just said a few minutes ago. Children lack the developmental cognitive capacity to assent or request gender transitioning, which have lifelong physical, psychological, and social consequences. In other words, Ron, children are not capable of making important decisions. No. You don't allow a four-year-old no. to determine if they're going to be a boy or a girl. In fact, you don't allow a teenager the reason to, to make that decision because they uh, are not fully capable of making careful, sound, 
judgments. In fact, the brain is still developing up until the early 20s. I was going to say, your car insurance goes down at what age? 25. Because <laughs> the car, the insurance people know at 25, you're probably as mature as you're ever going to be. Not when you're 21 <laughs> and not when you're 18, but when you're 25. There, there's a further issue of, in the question of, is this child abuse and neglect? If you allow a young child to choose their gender. And again, listen to what the Christian Medical mm-hmm. and Dental Association said in a statement on transgenderism in children. They said hormones prescribed to a previously biologically healthy child for the purpose of blocking puberty inhibit normal growth and fertility. Continuation of cross-sex hormones such as estrogen and testosterone during adolescence is associated with increased health risks, Hmm. including but not limited to high blood pressure, blood clots, stroke, and some types of cancer. So you have serious medical risks by prescribing, by prescribing these hormones to these kids, but then there's also psychological risks too. Uh, according to Paul McHugh, a former psychi- psychiatrist-in-chief at Johns Hopkins University, uh, some 80% of young people uh, under the age of 20 that have gender dysphoria, by the time they're in their 30s, they have gone back to the identifying with the gender that they are born with. Wow. So that's a huge number of children who... Yeah change their identity or what they're gravitating to. And you're talking about somebody from the premier, one of the premier medical facilities in the entire world, John Hopkins University or John Hopkins Hospital. Yeah. And so th- this isn't somebody's opinion. This is medically scientific, oh, yeah. uh, you know, data that we're talking about. I- I'm just thinking as we're talking, you know, we, we tutor at uh, Indian Hills Elementary School next door. When we come back from break, I, I-, I want to just give you a practical example of what I see teachers doing every day and how this idea would completely disrupt a normal activity that takes place. That sounds good. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the Commonwealth Matters in just a moment. Hi, this is Richard Nelson with the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, and I want to thank you for listening to the Commonwealth Matters. Our goal is to help you better understand the important issues of the day, the issues of life, marriage, and religious liberty. But that isn't all we do. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is working to educate legislators and policymakers about these bedrock values so they can defend them while serving in Frankfurt. We are in regular conversations with state leaders on both sides of the aisle, encouraging them to uphold what Kentuckians like you value. But we need your help. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit group that only exists by the grace of God and the generosity of its donors. Would you consider a donation today to the Commonwealth Policy Foundation so that our work might continue? Please visit our website at commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org. There you'll find some easy ways you can help us accomplish this important work. Again, go to CommonwealthPolicyFoundation.org and consider a gift today. And thanks in advance for any help you can offer. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. And on the program today, we are talking about one of the most challenging and controversial issues that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea of transgenderism. Can a man uh, transition into a woman? Can a woman transition into a man? And what about children? Should should children be allowed to make their decision as to what gender they want to uh, live as? Mm -hmm. Uh, And this isn't theoretical anymore. No, 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 right. Mm -hmm. As we just talked about uh, before the break, thabies is a real term where uh, some parents are allowing their 
children up until the age of four to live uh, genderless, if right. you will. Mm-hmm. But then at four, they're allowing their child to uh, make that decision for themselves. Sure. And Ron, you have a, a ministry in Hopkinsville where uh, there's a church adjacent to the school and uh, you minister to the to the kids there. Sure. You tutor them. and Yeah, for 20-something years, the, we've had a relationship with the school where we go over to help, help uh, children read, math, do all those things, help them in the library and all. And there, there are, I, I'm just thinking as we're talking about these things, there are many times where the teachers, I've seen them line children up in the hallway and say, okay, boys to the left, girls to the right, and whatever activity they're going to be going into. And you have a little four-year-old or a five-year-old boy that's been told by his parents, you can be whatever it is that you want to be. Now you've got this authority figure that's saying, no, little Johnny, you need to be over here with the boys. And, yeah. and now all of a sudden, this little child's going to be embarrassed. They're going to, who, who's right? Is the teacher right? Is mom and dad right? Why can't I be in the line with the little girls? Mom said that was okay. How about all the rest of the parents? Little Johnny's getting in line with the girls? Why? So, so there's confusion there when Absolutely. you're talking about an elementary school child. But I'm right. thinking of those children in high school. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of the boys who might not be able to make the boys varsity team track or uh, volleyball, right. and they want to go out for the girls team. And we're seeing this play out across the country. What state was it where uh, a boy was transitioning to be a girl was taking, uh, uh, I, I, he, he had a, an inordinate amount of testosterone given to him by God through yeah. the natural process, yeah. was undefeated in the state wrestling That's championship. Right, Texas. Yeah, because the same yeah. guy for two years in right, a row. Right. Um, Mac Beggs is yeah. his name. Yeah. Uh, a guy who actually identified as a girl, and I didn't know that there was such a thing as girls wrestling, but they do in mm-hmm, Texas, mm-hmm. and this guy won the state wrestling tournament. We've seen uh, track meets, uh, state track meets mm-hmm. in uh, Alaska where boys that identify as girls have been running on the girls' track team, and we're going to see more and more of this. And this is an issue, by the way, that is not going away. No. I believe it's an issue that's going to come to every community, mm-hmm. every school at one time or another, so this means that parents, you're going to have to make some decisions. And, and I think we got to be very cautious because you and I, are, are we're believers, and we, we believe that there is a standard by which we should treat people. We don't have to agree with somebody's lifestyle. We don't have to agree with their life decisions. But that does not mean we have a license to mistreat them. That's right. To, so so th- this is a touchy issue. We have to be able to, since it is coming to our communities, it's coming to our schools, we need to let our children know, hey, there are some folks out there uh, boys and girls that are confused, mom and dads that don't agree with us. And so that doesn't give you a license to pick, to bully, right. to do any of those things. Um, and, and that's a, Ron, that's a really good point. Yeah. This is not a time to, to malign or Mm-mm. to, to, uh, to go after those who are struggling with gender dysphoria, especially as Christians, we should realize that there are, um, real struggles that people are having oh, real issues for right. whatever reason. And it's important that we act graciously and compassionately but also speak the truth when there's an opportunity to do so. Absolutely. Uh, to, to speak the truth, but to do it in love. Yeah. And if we don't do that, if we come across as just angry, judgmental, frustrated people, I think that's the message that the world receives. That, yes. well, that's what Christianity is about. It's a bunch of angry, judgmental people. Yeah. And even though we're to be discerning, we are to understand the truth as our Creator reveals the truth to us. At the same time, part of that truth is that we're fallen broken human beings absolutely and we need to reconcile to our creator right all of us ron you're broken absolutely i'm broken mm-hmm. and the only hope for any of us whether right. or not we're we're straight or gay or transgender the only hope for any of us is to be reconciled to god the father through jesus christ or if we have an al- addictive personality tendency to be an alcoholic if we're born with a hot temper if we i mean we're all something and that has to be brought under submission by the power of the holy spirit right that's right 
So we're talking gender identity, and identity is a term that uh, maybe is not always verbalized, but Mm -hmm. it's something that in our modern day, in the 21st century, we all want to identify with something. Sure. We we were a jock in school, or mm-hmm. we're a, a brain, uh, or, or you know a computer person, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. We have some kind of an identity, and this transgender is a new kind of identity sure. where people are identifying with the opposite sex at right. a core level. Right. But uh, as Christians, uh, one of the things that is our primary identity as renewed uh, beings, as those who are reconciled to God through Jesus. The new identity is in our Savior. There you go. He is our new reference point. Right. He is our new, uh, the, the, the cause of our hope, the cause of our joy, uh, in realizing that we still struggle. Mm-hmm. We still are, have these broken parts of us. They right. don't have a complete hold on us. Sin and the brokenness doesn't have a complete hold. Yet, we're freed from that. Yeah. We're freed from those parts of us that are just out of whack and out of balance. Right. And I believe, and I'm convinced, that this is the message that those in the transgender community need to hear. Mm-hmm. And it goes beyond just sure, that. Anybody sure. in the world needs to hear this, that we have one who makes us in his image, realizes what we struggle, realizes yeah. our brokenness and our pain and mm-hmm. our frustration, but he's come to restore us. Yeah, And he does this through the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And that's good news. Have you ever encountered, Richard, uh, a, a special needs? And I, I, if that's not the politically correct term, I, I don't mean it. Any, but but hey, a special I'm not judging. needs. Right, I'm not judging. <laughs> well, but you know, you somebody who has maybe <laughs> a physical handicap, sometimes an emotional handicap. One of the first things that they say when you get to know them is, "I'm not my disability." You know, yeah. what, and they have TV programs that celebrate that folks that despite their limitations, according to, you know, that, that they're not there. So why in the world, on one hand, do we celebrate this person that says, hey, they're, they're not their deficiency. They are they are a wonderful person despite this thing. Why, on the other hand, would we say, but these people, on the other hand, they are their deficiency. They are their oh, shortcoming. Yeah. And not, so on one hand, we celebrate what they're not. On the other hand, we celebrate what they are. There's no consistency. There. Well, there's no consistency as you and I see it. I think, though, with the transgender movement, they would see their embrace of the opposite gender as something that is open and tolerant and freeing and all these other things. But you and I both know that without an absolute reference point, we can make things up as we go along. Oh, absolutely. Without an, ult- an absolute standing of, of right and wrong, we don't really know which end is up Mm-mm. and which end is down. Mm-mm. So we need to have that. And that's one of the reasons why we're dealing with this issue today is mm-hmm. because there is no longer a moral compass that is uh, widely shared in our public arena. So right. we're dealing with these issues, and the, and the listeners will be dealing with these issues in, at one point or another. Let me close with a passage from Isaiah 42.3. Uh, this is some good news, um, talking about uh, how Jesus will um, uh, handles those who are broken. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. So I think of those who are bruised reeds mm-hmm. like you and mm-hmm. me, and those struggling with transgender. Uh, Jesus won't break those. A faintly burning wick he will not snuff out, uh, and that's good news. He's compassionate, and he's that's gracious, right. and that's something we all need to hear. And the church, the body of Christ, um, should model the example of Christ. The church should not, I mean, we don't shoot our wounded. It's a hospital for sick folks, and we need to remember that. Amen. Hey, on that, on that note, we're going to close. Thank you, Ron, for joining me. Thank you for your invitation. And this is it for another edition of the Commonwealth Matters. Tune in next week as we uh, discuss the issue of gambling expansion 
in Kentucky.